Okay, First Peter 1 and verse 13 and onwards. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, Be holy, because I am holy. Since you call on a father who judges each man's work impartially, live your lives as strangers here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life, handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect, He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for your brothers, love one another deeply from the heart, for you have been born again. Not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. Amen. God will bless this reading from his holy word. Shall we pray? Lord, just thank you for being with us this evening. Thank you for your Holy Spirit here. Thank you for the words we've sung, these these praise songs from our Lord as we think about you, think about your word, think about what you've done in our lives, what you're doing in our lives. We we ask your Holy Spirit's enabling, your help, your blessing on me and blessing on everyone as we, we share together this evening. I ask in Jesus' name. Now I chose that passage in 1 Peter just for for one verse, verse 17. Uh, Sorry, it's uh, 18, sorry. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. The precious blood of Jesus. We're not redeemed with silver or gold or diamonds or platinum or uh, winning the lottery or bingo or whatever. We're redeemed with the precious blood of Jesus. And I suppose there's a theme to my my devotion and all things tonight. It is how much did it cost? How much did it cost? The thing that amazes me is that God chose me. Not because I'm a good person or clever or whatever, but that God chose me. And don't you sometimes have that feeling? Why, Lord, did you reveal yourself to me when there's all these other people around, all these clever people, all these bright people, these, you know, why did you choose me? And that happened to me in 1976 in Cornwall where I was living. 
and the Lord broke into my life. On the day that I received Jesus, that I asked him into my life and asked him to be my boss, um, I decided his plan for life must be much better than the stupid, flawed one of my own. And I felt it was like a hand coming down from heaven. Hopefully this will work. Look on the right way. There. A hand coming down from heaven and plucked me out of a place of darkness into his glorious light. I really felt that. I was plucked, not physically, but spiritually plucked out of darkness and into his wonderful light. And I knew instantly that I, up to that point, lived one kind of life. And now a new one had started, and I was changed. I just knew it. I mean, I was saying words like, I'm saved. I mean, I don't think anyone taught me that, but I know I'd seen little, you know, a brethren gentlemen with, without much hair like me now, but with little badges on their lapels that Jesus saves. So, you know, whatever that meant, I, I, I knew that. Jesus had saved me. He had plucked me out of something and taken me into his new life. He had Jesus stepped into my life and I knew I was born again. I had a new start completely. And so here I am, a new creation in Christ. And I found myself reciting from the Lord's Prayer, Thy will be done, not mine. Because I knew that when I made my choices and tried to work it out my way, you know, Frank Sinatra, I'll do it my way, um, <coughs> it always seemed to end in, in disaster, breakup, hurt, pain, not just to me, but maybe to others as well. So I would say this, thy will be done, not mine. And the very first prayer I prayed in a church meeting, I mean, I could hear people praying and, you know, it's not elaborate prayers, but heartfelt prayers. And all I could say was, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be my name, you know, and then, thy will be done, <laughs> not mine. I just used the Lord's Prayer as the first public prayer in a prayer meeting or service. I can't remember the context. I know it's in Aberdeen. Uh, and so it's a stepping stone. You, you speak out publicly in a prayer meeting and it leads on to you being, you know, expressing your heart as are, expressing your burdens for those that are on your heart, praying into situations. You just use your tongue and use your brain. It doesn't matter how it comes out it, because it's your prayer to the Lord. And along with these things, I realise that I've been saved and delivered and plucked from Things like new age thinking. I was in my mid-twenties. I had really longer, longish hair in those days. I wouldn't say I was a hippie, but I was very much influenced by this sort of things that were going on, books that were being read and films that were doing their rounds and so on. I got involved at one point in transcendental meditation, which is a Hindu uh, thing. And really what it is, is calling on a demon. You are given a, a word to recite, and uh, recite is supposed to elevate you into a place of you know, calm and stress and, and all this sort of thing. But really, you're calling on a demon who comes to you. Anyway, 
Another thing I was dabbling in is, was a book called The I Ching. It's a Chinese, um, I say divination book, yes, a book for finding the, well, the way forward, really. Uh, and um, it, it's all about chance, random chance decisions to make you make a decision. Literally flicking a coin, heads, tails, you know, that sort of thing. And uh, there's a whole load of pentagram, you know, sort of diagrams that you sort of put together, and it gives you a sort of a direction to go. And I was, I was, you know, d- using divination really. And then spiritualism. I had a uh, a dark experience in my late teens in down in Kent. And uh, anyway, we won't go into all that. But I knew I was plucked out of darkness. Everything looked light, of course. daylight terms but really spiritually I was a long way away from God in my searching I described myself as a seeker of truth Well, uh, I was looking for the truth I was looking for truth but for me life is a bit like the matrix do you like the other film the matrix maybe you've never seen it but you know it's a sci-fi sort of film, but um, there's the hero, Keanu Reeves. His name is Neo, and he's in this corridor, and every door opens into a new reality or a different thing. Uh, and I felt in my life it's like that. There's all these different doors that you could go through, or doors that you could try things. Uh, they all look more or less the same, but the little labels over them, and some of them say, uh, you know, <coughs> come through this door and and experience this or that or some even say you know uh, here's the truth we have the truth here in this door and I keep walking past this one which says Jesus is the truth in, in my life there were ex- times before I could have received Jesus but you know I, I dipped and died through all these other doors until finally I was willing to you know go through that door which says Jesus is the way the truth and the life. And that's what I find. You know, I found the truth. I was a seeker of the truth, and the truth was in this person, Jesus. And uh, really, you think about him. This is Jesus. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, All things have been created through him and for him. This is Jesus, Colossians 1, verse 16. Into the next chapter, Colossians 2, verse 9. For in him, Jesus, all the fullness of deity, the Godhead, all the fullness of God dwells in him in bodily form. When you meet Jesus, you're meeting God in human flesh, the, the one who was incarnate at Christmas, the baby born in a manger, born to Jesus. God came down, Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus, God, walked the streets and the lanes and the byways of Israel, the land of Palestine, whatever you want to call that bit of land, Judea. Uh, and people felt him, touched him, heard him. He touched them, he healed them, he spoke words of truth and life. God in flesh is what and who Jesus is. And then look at these verses in Hebrews 1 verse 2. In these last days he has spoken to us by his son, Jesus, whom he appointed heir of all things, 
and through whom also he made the universe. And just make planet Earth, he made the whole lot, whole shebang. There's nothing that exists that he did not make, he's uh, involved with. Hebrews 1 verse 3, upholding all things by the word of his power. He holds things together. And the physicists and the, uh, those trying to work out, you know, what happened after the Big Bang, you know, uh, or the nuclear physicists, you know, there is a force that holds the, the nucleus together. And in a sense, it's Jesus holding that nucleus together. He is the, the, everything made through him, for him, by him. This is the one who hung on the cross for us. And when I was challenged to read the Bible, and I had an uncle who lived in Lake District, and he was part of my journey, if you like. I loved, I loved staying with him, I loved Grasmere. He's an artist, and he'd take me up the mountains, and he would paint his picture. Sometimes I'd be in that, that picture, sometimes I wouldn't, and uh, I just loved his presence. And every breakfast morning, they would, he and his wife would share. They, oh, what did you have in your reading this morning? Oh, well, I, I should go and see Mrs. Bloggs and, and uh, do something for her. Oh, I need to write a check to someone. Uh, and I feel led to give Stephen 20 pounds. I love this kind of quiet time sharing with my uncle. <laughs> see if he give me money. And one day, you know, he, often they talk about the, what passages of scripture he and his wife had read. Uh, and so on. And I thought, if I had a Bible, I, I, I would read it. I didn't have a Bible. And that morning, my uncle said to me, Stephen, I think you should read the Bible. I've got a Bible to give you. And it was an old AV version. 1888 was the signature in the, in the, in the flyleaf there given to somebody in 1888. It was a really old, well-used, authorised version Bible. And so, well, I'd better read it. Yeah, wow. But what an answer. You know, the Lord knows your thoughts. He put a Bible in my hands. So where do I start reading? And flip to the back and find John. One John, that's got four or five chapters. Oh, second John, that's only got two. Third, third John, that's got about three verses in it. Right, well, start with those, those because they're short ones, and surely I can get to understand those. But then I thought, well, really, I should be thinking about Jesus. Let's find out what Jesus is about. So I started to read Luke's Gospel. Uh, and it was great until I came to some of these difficult bits. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I'll show you what they're like. They're like a man building a house who dug down deep, laid the foundation on rock, and the flood came, the torrent struck that house, but could not shake it because it was well built. That the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its, destru- its destruction was complete. So that leads me to think. I was always put myself, Jesus is speaking to me, you know, put myself personally in that situation. What am I building? And what am I building on? And then it gets scary because I went to Matthew's 
version in Matthew 7, 21, 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, see the, the parallel there, we enter, we'll en- not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evildoers. I found that really scary. You know, I could be doing God's work or something, yet really he's going <laughs> to reject me at the end because <laughs> I never knew him. Do I know you, Jesus? You see? Uh, and so... I've started my Christian journey praying and reading the scriptures. And some of the early things people said to me, I read, have always stuck in my mind. Telling someone about Jesus is like one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. That's what it is. That's what evangelism is about. Sharing Jesus what he's done for you, what he means to you. Jesus has a better plan for your life than you have. Why not try his? Somebody said that to me. And then this one. Jesus is the boss. When he says jump, you jump. And on the way up, you ask how high. Wow. (laughs) Not, oh, you know, weighing up all the pros and cons of it. You, you do what he says, and he will tell you how high to jump when, when you're on the way up. Okay, sounds impossible. but um, <clears throat> And that last one is really counting the cost, isn't it? And James spoke about that this morning in, in the service. The rich young man who was so grieved when Jesus told him to sell all he had and give to the poor and to follow him. And if there were time, I could tell you how Jesus is the boss that saying, um, I had to make a choice that God was calling me to jump. And for me to jump was to give up my job. And I worked in Papua New Guinea in fisheries development. I'd just been promoted to a higher position. I had a a five-figure salary. I already spent it on a guitar, a new car, a motorbike. You know, mentally spent it. I had the air ticket to go back and work there and everything. And then the Lord is saying to me to jump. And I didn't know where I was go- would be going. I don't know how, where I'd be living. I didn't know anything. And I, I jumped. I sent the air ticket back to uh, Papua New Guinea. And I told them, uh, God has called me to do something. Um, you know? uh, and anyway, anyway, I ended up in Birmingham. Uh, working with down and outs in, in, in Birmingham. When he said jump, you jump on the way up the Oscar. Now some worship songs have often made me think. And there's one line in a darling genetic I can't pronounce her name, you know the Hill Songs girl who's wrote many of the lovely worship songs of the nineties. And this one, worthy is the lamb, worthy is the lamb seated on the throne. We crown you now with many crowns. You reign victorious, high and lifted up. Jesus, son of God, the darling of heaven, 
crucified. Worthy is the Lamb. And that Graham Kendrick's line from the servant king. Hands that threw stars into space to cruel nails surrendered. How much did it cost? A darling of heaven came down, walked the, walked the paths of our world. And then, you know, if it was all about just walking the walk and Jesus obeyed every command of the Old Testament law, 613 or 614 commandments in the Torah, he kept every one, he didn't falter on any. He fulfilled the law, every little jot and tittle, every little bit. He fulfilled, in a sense, every law, every religion's law, means of uh, getting salvation. He, he, he walked the walk that man has to walk if he wants to please God. But none of us can do it, can we? So Jesus walked the walk for us. But if that was enough, would that be enough? Just that one man had walked the walk? What about all our sins? What about all the, the wrong turns we've taken? What about all the failures, all the hurt we've done to others? That's what I have sin. The word I is sin. I am in the middle. I, I, I. I'm going to do this. I'm going to. Jesus crossed out the I and made it into an O. Son, you are now a son or a daughter. So, <clears throat> hands that threw stars into space the creator of this universe, who sustains everything by his word, um, he surrendered to the nails. He allowed sinful men to lash his back. He allowed them to pluck his beard, slap him in the face, spit in his face, do other things we have not written in scripture, abused him and uh, reviled him, made him drag a half of his cross through the streets of Jerusalem to a hill where they nailed his hands and his feet and tied him on that cross and lifted it up. He hung there with those other two criminals. We are redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus. And I often think of that blood. The blood that was shed in, in Pontius Pilate's palace or wherever the crucifixion, the flogging took place. The, the blood that dripped from his brow and his back as he carried that cross. All right, Simon of Caesarea came and helped him a little bit. But that blood that fell on the Via della Rosa, the road of suffering, the road to the cross there. The, the blood that swing, went down maybe over the hands of those who nailed him there. Or those who mocked him. The, it, the blood that must have gone onto the hands of those who took him off the cross after he died. He shed his blood. And I'm interested that the first thing that his blood touched was the blood, was the ground. And so Jesus' death wasn't just for our sins. He, he died that the planet too may be redeemed. You know, the, the, the creation is groaning, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. And Jesus shed his blood for us, yes, but in a sense for all mankind. What a price that we are uh, redeemed with. It's not silver or gold. It's the precious blood of Jesus. 
And Jesus didn't step into my life because I loved him. I was far, far away from him. I was an enemy of Christ almost. I was dabbling all kinds of occultic things. I was digging a hole into hell, quite literally. Jesus, the second son of God, by his total obedience, went to the cross, took the fruits of our disobedience, our sins upon himself, and paid the price. He took the punishment of our sins, eternal separation from God. That's what really is what he's taken in his body and died there in our place. That whosoever believes in him should not perish and have everlasting life. Whosoever means anyone. Means everyone. <laughs> whosoever. Uh, the invitation is open to everyone to come and receive him and put their trust in him. Finally, John 1 verse 12, yet to all who receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gives the right to become the children of God. Have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Saviour? Have you come to the cross, seen Jesus hanging there, and you know, you, uh, we all know we're sinners. We all know we fall short, short of God's glory. You can't take a chance and say, oh, well, God's going to, in his mercy, when I die, you know, and he, you know, I've lived a good life and my good deeds are going to outweigh my, my bad ones uh, and God's going to let me into heaven. It does not work like that. None of us have got enough, you know, brownie points, green shield stamps, do you remember collecting those? enough, you know, um, nectar points or Tesco club card points. None of us have enough in ourselves. We cannot earn our own way to heaven. It's a gift of God, grace. It's the grace of God given to us through Jesus dying on the cross. So have you been to the cross? Have you asked Jesus to be your Lord? Have you had a personal encounter with him? So leave that with you. Thank you for hearing me tonight. We're going to finish with another worship song. But before that, let me pray. Lord, thank you that you love each one of us, those watching at home online or watching on a follow-up uh, on YouTube or something. Lord, thank you you love each one of us. doesn't matter where we are. doesn't matter what we've done. Jesus, you've paid it all. you paid the price for every one of, of us. All our sins on him were laid. Just help us, Lord, to, to have the humility to come to you, ask for your forgiveness, your cleansing, uh, and come into our lives and make your plans work for us. Our plans are never going to work out, but your plans are good ones, uh, and they will work for us. So help us, Lord, to step into your plans for the rest of our lives, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.